It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and you know it. It is Wednesday Mythology, otherwise known as Mythology Wednesday. And I'm going to talk about Kronos. Kronos was one of the original Titans. And there's a very interesting story that could potentially lead us down the path of how we get to the spot we're in today. But before that, the spot that we're in today currently, not to be redundant, uh, is in San Francisco. I don't know if you saw about this story. So I visited San Francisco quite a long time ago, probably eight years ago. Same situation, but now it's even worse. There is crapulence all over the place. Human feces. And it is possibly the worst in places like Knob Hill, Tenderloin, the Mission, commercial areas, and it doesn't get any better. They're paying pooper scoopers around six figures to pick up crap from the homeless and the drug addicts. And besides broken glass, feces comes in number two for the most ickiness found on San Franciscan streets. Hello, Democrats. This is the kind of nonsense that you're currently dealing with. I was in New York City probably about eight months ago, uh, seven months ago, around that time. I was in Midtown, which Midtown is supposed to be the tourist area. No longer. I was literally stepping over piles of human excrement on the sidewalk in Midtown. That's a tourist area. Now... Thanks to all of the migrants being bussed into New York City, you've got places like Times Times Square completely filled with illegal immigrants, and they're staying at the hotels. And rumor has it that they are running the businesses into the ground because they're stealing things, violence. There's even reports of 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds getting drunk and uh, other adults beating each other, you know, on and on you can go. Another sign of debaucherous Democrats and their dastardly deeds of despicability. Talk about, <laughs> talk about alliteration, right? <laughs> so I don't know if any of you heard about this either. So Taibi, uh, he had his IRS case. So the IRS is investigating Taibi. And the really damaging thing about this, and I'm not going to get involved in it, but they're weaponizing, the Democrats are weaponizing every single government agency. I wouldn't consider the IRS an agency. It's uh, dubious at best that you even have to pay income taxes. Um, They are weaponized. And the Democrats, they don't care about it. They don't care about how weaponized they are making these agencies because— What they did to Matt Taibbi is deplorable. Matt Taibbi is the one that basically started up the whole Twitter files thing. And Matt Taibbi is being investigated by the IRS for some tax return back in 2018. Essentially, the IRS is claiming that they sent him two notices uh, that he did not respond to regarding a 2018 tax return. And his accountant and Matt Taibbi has said, no, we didn't get anything. We, we we never got a thing. So what happens is they decided to open up a case into uh, Matt Taibbi's tax returns on Christmas Eve of 2022. Now, Christmas Eve of 2022 was also a Saturday, 
When was the last time you heard of the IRS opening up some case on a Saturday that just happens to be Christmas Eve? Never. That's your answer. Absolutely never. So they're going after him because Matt Taibbi is going after the propagandistic intelligence apparatus that's trying to manipulate the conversation in the United States. It's disgusting. And then the IRS raided his apartment on the day he was on Capitol Hill, so knowing that he would not be at his apartment. Just deplorable, disgusting behavior for these weaponized morons who can't see that they are ruining the public's trust in the government in every single way. I mean, you talk about the FBI. You talk about the CIA. You talk about what they've done to Trump. You talk about what New York City politicians and attorney generals are trying to do to to Donald Trump and Georgia. Don't think that they're going to stop throwing lawsuits at Donald Trump. And then you've got this other special investigator. uh, What's his name? Something Smith, I think. Some innocuous name really going after Trump, saying that they've caught him on felonies and they're going to throw him into prison because apparently they have evidence that Trump was trying to sell top secret information. And that's the real story behind all of the documents that were at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, just absolute nonsense, absolute BS, and they won't stop doing it. It's it's really sad that we even have to experience this kind of thing. Oh, uh, one more thing before I before I go on, right? Remember how I brought up the other day that uh, we're now seeing the push to a nuclear standoff, right? And it's coming from more than one direction now. Uh, you're now seeing, like I brought up the other day, 30 tons of fertilizer that just went MIA, right? It's the same kind of fertilizer that uh, was used at the Oklahoma City bombing, supposedly. Uh, so, well, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I, I, I doubt that was the only thing that was used there. So, this is the other turning point. The United States, this comes from businessinsider.com, and this comes back uh, from October of 2022. The United States spent $290 million on anti-radiation pills used to save lives following nuclear emergencies. So if you're doing that back in October, that means that more than likely you had to put it in in order because these pills are not available. So they had to manufacture these pills. And I would suspect that $290 million worth of anti-radiation pills, they'd probably be ready around this time, around six to eight months later which then says to us these people are ready for a low-yield nuclear war, possibly, possibly at a New York City false flag kind of— not. Oh, wow, that was a slip, wasn't it? Uh, some kind of American city uh, false flag uh, or some kind of false flag in the Ukraine— Uh, Other sources that I read say that there's going to be some kind of false flag in the Caribbean, which would kind of make sense if you're in the Caribbean because you want to get rid of any sort of evidence involving uh, FTX and also Jeffrey Epstein. They're also claiming that there could be a false flag event in the Pacific. Once again, this is rumor mill stuff, so you never can be too sure about that. But it's on the radar, and there are more indications that these people intend to to escalate the situation beyond anything safe 
and they're not doing anything to stop it. It's really, really sad that these individuals, these World Economic Forum types, are sitting there and they're saying, oh, it's the other person's fault when they're the ones doing it. They're the ones that are pushing this dystopian, apocalyptic-style future. The good thing is, is that we're awake to it, and if we're awake to it, that means that we resonate and we emit our awareness so that other people, even on a subconscious level, can start smelling the BS a mile away, which is good. That's a positive way to look at it. That's how you have to look at it. Uh, and you don't even have to say anything. Just you being around these other people will tell them on some level, and they will vibrate differently. Speaking of people that are trying to vibrate differently, we had Elon Musk come out today on his Twitter spaces with David Sachs uh, to announce Ron DeSantis. That's right. Ron DeSantis is finally running for office. Oh, thank God. Uh, and it's... A I didn't listen to it live, but I heard a recording of it. I got about four minutes into it, and I was ready to punch out. It was the most boring opening I have ever heard. It was the most dis just dry toast. You know what this was? This was... Steel-cut oatmeal, no flavoring, dry toast, unbuttered, and then tapioca pudding for dessert with a tall glass of water. That's it. This thing was an absolute bust. And they marketed this whole announcement. It was, it was huge because it's going to be on Twitter Spaces, which is Elon Musk's new baby. And thank goodness that happened because now we can drag more traffic to the site because I bet Elon was hoping that Donald Trump would come back to Twitter and really start the conversation. But that did not happen. Instead, they only had to do with a second tier candidate, Ron DeSantis, a far second tier Ron DeSantis. And if I had to explain Ron DeSantis's delivery in any way, it would have been Al Gore on Quaaludes. Boring, boring stuff. So I found a little bit of uh, the transcripts, and I swear to God, this is this is essentially what it sounded like. It, am I on? I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback, but we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes. And we feel it in our bones. My pledge to you is this. If you nominate me, you can set your clock to January 20th, 2025. At high noon, because on the west side of the U.S. Capitol, I will be taking the oath of office as the 47th president of the United States. No excuses. I will get the job done. Done. Woof. You know who's more exciting than Ron DeSantis? I will tell you that Stooge from NPR, Ira Glass, Ira Glass from This American Life has more inflection than this three-inch cowboy, three-inch heel cowboy, cowboy, <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Okay, now who can deliver lines? Certainly not Chris Michaels. 
<laughs> Midget Ron DeSantis wears cowboy boots with three-inch heels. Ira Glass presents information with more inflection than this idiot. So there you go. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> and then I hear, I mean, I couldn't get through it. It was just so bad. You could hear him reading off of either a piece of paper or some screen, either a laptop or a phone. I mean, it was just so terrible. It was awful. And then you compare this kind of opening to something like Donald Trump and what he used to do day in and day out and run rampant over hostile, absolutely hostile press people. And then you think, what? DeSantis who? Trump is so far superior when it comes to off-the-cuff interactions with people that he cannot, DeSantis, cannot hold a candle to Trump. And of course, the person that was really trying to run the whole Twitter space at the time was DeSa uh, uh, David Sachs. And David Sachs, he is uh, portrayed as an unbiased uh, speaker, and uh, he's there to introduce uh, DeSantis and bring the conversation forward. Well, he's one of the biggest DeSantis supporters out there. So, of course, of course, he's going to do that. Of course, they're going to try and cover those tracks. So my opinion about DeSantis, nice try, cowpoke. Sit down. Go back to Florida. You can't even handle Disney. You think you can handle somebody like Putin? You think you can handle somebody like Xi or Little Rocket Man in North Korea? I don't think so. Please go away. Okay, so mythology. <laughs> it's late. What do you want from me? Mythology Wednesday. I wanted to get back to the Titans, and one Titan in particular. If you don't know who the Titans are, they are the progenitors to the Greek gods. Greek gods like Zeus and Hera and Rhea and all that other stuff, right? Um, so uh, now here's the thing about Kronos. Kronos is known as time, and you, you can see a couple of uh, interesting portraits of him. But Kronos is one of 12 titans. So why is that important? You have 12, the number 12. What's so significant about that? You have the 12 signs of the zodiac, 13 if you believe uh, modern astrology. Then you've got Horus, who walks across the sky in 12 steps. You've got the 12-step program, right? During the day, you have 12 hours, um, or in, in, uh, in certain times of the year, you've got 12 hours, right? So the significance of 12 is important. You have 12 apostles, right? So it is important to realize that more than likely, the Kronos, the Titans, came up with things like astrology and also uh, the constellations in the sky, right? And the astro astrological significance of those constellations. So what really happened? What was the genesis of somebody like Kronos? Well, back then, you had Mother Earth and Father Heaven, otherwise known as Gaia and Uranus, otherwise known as Uranus or Uranus. Uh, so they copulated... And they created gigantic creatures. They also did crazy things. 
So these gigantic tr creatures were monstrous, okay? They had heads, they had a hundred hands, and they had 50 heads. And there were three of them. Uh, and they were essentially hidden away by Uranus in Earth itself, in Gaia somewhere. So that made Gaia pretty upset. Why are you hiding those monsters in me somewhere? And so what happened? They created, Mother Earth at least, created children, the Titans. And you had a lot of things going on. They tried, or Gaia, tried to get her children to go after Uranus and bring him down. Now, the problem with this is that nobody wanted to do that, except for one, Kronos. This is important. So what happened with Kronos? Kronos decided to ambush his father and tried to wound him. How did he wound him? Well, he, in some stories, he decided to castrate his father. And from the castration, you've got different kind of monsters that come up from that, such as uh, the Furies. Now, the Furies, if you don't know, they're winged, demonic-style creatures. And also, you came up with essentially were medusae so you had a whole bunch of creatures with snakes for hair that would weep blood and all that nonsense very very uplifting stuff right so what happened chronos is now the head cheese and he is worried because he heard an oracle that one of his children are going to kill him and take over the throne now this is important to realize what he does next chronos learned that one of his children, now this is according to the book I was reading before, uh, Last Mythology Wednesday, so let's get that Let's get that out in the open. We need to cite things. Uh, Edith Hamilton's Mythology, Timeless Tales of Gods and Heroes. Okay, there you go. You got it now. Uh, so Kronos learned that one of his children was destined someday to dethrone him, and he thought to go against fate by swallowing them as soon as they were born. In other words eating children, child sacrifice. But when Rhea bore Zeus, her sixth child, the number six, six-pointed star, 666, she succeeded in having him secretly carried off to Crete. And she gave her husband a great stone wrapped in swaddling clothes, which he is supposed, uh, he supposed was the baby and swallowed down the stone instead of Chrono, uh, Zeus. So that's what happened. Every time there was a child born, Kronos would eat the child. Then when Zeus came along, his mother decided to disguise a rock, put the rock in some cloth, and then gave it to Kronos, and Kronos ate the stone. In other stories, in other types of, uh, of mythology, uh, Kronos actually challenges Rhea and says, you need to breastfeed the baby before I eat it because I don't trust you. And supposedly uh, the breastfeeding didn't work and her milk splattered across the sky. And that is the origin of stars and the Milky Way. Interesting story too. Uh, but anyway, going back to this. So what happened was is that Zeus grew up on Crete. 
and he forced his father, with the help of the, his grandmother, the earth, to disgorge all of the children that he ate. Now, in some other stories, he basically gives him some kind of poison to make him violently ill and throw up everything, which included the kids. So ultimately, uh, when all of them were disgorged, there was a terrible war between everybody, and it was called the Titanomachy, or the Gigantomachy, depending upon what you read. And basically, it was the war in the heavens. It was the war between the Titans and it was the war between the Olympians. So you had Zeus and all of those guys going after them. Um, and it lasted about 10 years. And according to mythology, it wrecked the universe. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting. Because, uh, now this is a quote. A dreadful sound troubled the boundless sea. So the boundless sea is not necessarily Oceana. Oceana was the one that circumvented the earth, right? So the boundless sea could literally be the waters of the heavens. A dreadful sound troubled the boundless sea. The whole earth uttered a great cry. Wide heaven shaken, groaned. From its foundation, far Olympus reeled beneath the onrush of the deathless gods, and trembling seized upon black Tartarus. Now, that's important. Why is that important? Because you just heard an apocalyptic-style event. You're talking about cats and dogs living together, anarchy, mud floods, regular floods. Everybody at this point, I assume, has heard about the Tartarian agenda, the Tartarian myth, right? If you don't know that, do some research on it. Essentially, what happened is is that somebody is claiming, or a lot of people are claiming, that there are buildings across the world that are covered in mud, and we built on top of those buildings. A lot of the buildings that we occupy today are actually really, really ancient buildings, and we just occupied them. I have my—if you listen to some of my older podcasts, I have my problems with this myth. I think it's onto something— I don't think they're doing it in the right way. Um, but from what I just read you now, you get the same kind of feeling, an apocalyptic event. And this is where the importance comes in. Trembling seized upon black Tartarus. You have Tartarus. You have Tartaria. Tartarus was, or Tartarus, was an area where souls went. It would Think of it as purgatory but slightly worse so now you understand where tartaria mythology is coming from it's not new it's coming from ancient greco-roman mythology and it's coming from the idea that the gods or i should say it this way the olympians banished a lot of the titans to tartarius now do you start to understand what's going on here? Now let's take this one step further. You have Kronos. Kronos is eating his children. Kronos is otherwise known as Saturn. You have Saturn worship, right? You have the OTO. You've got various occultism. And 
occult beliefs going on here that still to this day believe in child sacrifice. You're not going to convince me otherwise. So are these occultists really trying to get back the Titans? Are they really trying to worship the Titans like Kronos? Where Kronos was eating his children, and so are these occultists. They are performing child sacrifices. They're performing blood worship, like adrenochrome, right? Look up adrenochrome. You can even read about it with uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with uh, Hunter S. Thompson. So what are we looking at? We're looking at these people who will not give up the ghosts. They're worshiping Saturn. They're worshiping Kronos. They are trying to emulate him. They believe that the gods of Olympus, so Zeus and so on, they're not the true gods. They're not the ones that should be worshipped. The ones that should be worshipped are the Titans. And then, knowing that everything is frequency and energy, you've got people on the fringes, possibly known as tinfoil hat wearers, that are pushing this Tartarian agenda, and they're trying to unearth what was truly an advanced civilization known as Tartaria, knowing full well that in ancient Greco-Roman mythology, there is truly a place called Tartarus. You can see the connection there. So not only do we have the occultists in the background focusing on Saturn worship, we also have unknowing, unwitting people trying to unearth Tartarus to potentially unleash and reveal the titans that have been imprisoned there. Now, that's a lot of conjecture on my part, but that also makes a lot of sense of why they're doing what they're doing. And now here's another little wrinkle to all of this. We all know the communist symbolism is the hammer and sickle. Well, Kronos was the one that first used a sickle. And I don't have the exact name in front of me, but it was a sickle essentially made out of diamond. And he used that sickle to go after Uranus, and that's when he castrated him. So are we looking at more emulation of Saturn worship and Kronos worship and Titan worship when we see sickles all over the place. It really makes you question who is pulling the strings behind the scenes and where does this symbolism truly come from? So moving along with this, now we have this battle that goes on. And Gaia and Earth, they're the ones that try to, or she is the one that tries to overthrow Kronos with Zeus, the sixth born, the sixth child, the six-pointed star, protection star, right? It's not the star of David. It is a protection star. That symbol goes back a long way. It never just popped up, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of Hebrews in the, in the Levant, oh, it's, it's ours. No, it's a protection symbol. It's been around for millennia. They just appropriated it, and that's okay, too. Who cares? That's important because you've got the sixth god 
666. And you've got the sixth god overthrowing the 12 titans. You've got the 12 astrological signs that are supposed to be fixed into the firmament, according to the Bible. And then you've got this upstart like Zeus coming in there and overthrowing the astrological signs, the 12 titans. How could this be? We can't worship somebody like Zeus. We can't respect somebody like Zeus. He's the one that is destroying everything. Do you start to see how all of this matters? You would sooner think that, hey, wait a minute, Zeus would be the good guy because Zeus is the one that overthrew everything. But no, he's not looked at it that way. You don't even hear about Zeus anymore. You don't even see Zeus-type symbolism. What you do see is Saturn symbolism. And according to some myths, Kronos ran from Greece and flourished in Italy. What else do we have in Italy? You've got Rome in Italy. What are all of the disgusting accounts that we hear about one state within Italy? The Vatican. The Vatican is its own power. It is its own sovereign. It's generally not beholden to the laws of its host countries. That's why a lot of these priests, they're never prosecuted. They're just shuffled around to different parishes across the world. Are we looking at the Vatican worshiping Saturn? Right? Do you start to see all of these connections? Do you start to see how these powers in the background are really trying to unearth these titans, assuming you're going to go down the road of the occult way of summoning things and trying to find ancient gods and unearth ancient civilizations? Do you understand all of this? The Saturn symbolism the child sacrificing, the child abuse, the human trafficking, all things echoing Kronos' attempt to make sure he doesn't get overthrown by eating his own children, and then ultimately being banished to Tartarus. So there, on one side of the equation, you've got people trying to summon Kronos through his actions, through emulating his actions. And on the other side of it, you've got the so-called conspiracy theorists trying to find Tartarus, trying to find Tartaria and unearth it and find Kronos's tomb. This is a very, very bizarre, bizarre twist in all of this. And I implore you to start looking into Saturn symbolism and pointing out where you're finding it and trying to make these connections to ancient mythological beings and stories. Because I promise you, there are people behind the scenes that truly believe in all of this. And they're truly trying to bring about these kinds of events like Revelation. Truly trying to bring about and re and cause a resurgence in ancient types of worship. 
And those are the real people in charge. Look at all the policies that are getting passed, right? And then there's all offshoots of the Kronos worship stuff. You got Luciferianism and, and all that nonsense. And then that bleeds into the transgender movement and also the LGBT movement and, and the idea that everybody's androgynous and all that stuff. The point is, is that all of these different groups are focusing on the same thing. And that same thing, in my opinion, appears to be finding these titans. And if you think I'm joking about it, if you think I'm going too far with all of this, I want everybody to remember what we found out in one of the State Department emails that were released involving Hillary Clinton, where people were asking Hillary Clinton where the tombs of Gilgamesh were. Look up the myth of Gilgamesh, basically a hairy beast kind of fellow, big giant type guy, and he went about and did some heroic things. And people are asking the head of the State Department, where is the tomb? Because we know that you know where it is. So these people believe in them. And that's going to be Mythology Wednesday. As always, this is Chris Michaels. And uh, you know what to do at this point. I'm shot. I'm tired. You can like me, find me, share me, so on and so forth. Last Call Caravan on Twitter and Truth Social. Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels on Spotify, I think Apple Podcasts, and a few other places. Just you can do a Google search. Like me, find me, share me, do the whole deal, and remain the beautiful people that I know you all are. <laughs>